If you like listening to Inglorious Trexperts, you'll love watching us. Really? Wait, how? I, guess, I guess you will. I guess you will. But how, how can one do that, Mark? Now you can download the free Electric Now app featuring video podcasts of The Inglorious Trexperts, The 430 Movie, Best Movies Never Made, and tons of free TV, movies, and more. You're saying it's so all, all free? All free? I'm saying it's free. 100% no free. Page, 100%. There's no Patreon. There's no premium fees. There's no electronic frontier. Well, there's no All excuse there is, not to get it then. There's no excuse not to. That's what I'm saying. So download the Electric Now app today and start watching us right now. Hello, this is not really Gene Roddenberry, but uh, if it were, uh, I would urge you to uh, listen and watch the Inglorious Trexperts. Because uh, who knows, maybe it'll uh, bring in more income. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of the only gentleman secret agent with a license to kill and thrill, you should pick up my new James Bond oral history, Nobody Does It Better, available now in hardcover, audio, and digital, wherever books are sold. Do you expect me to read? No, I expect you to buy it. It's the 4.30 movie, and this is Movies We're Thankful For Week 3. Three. Three? Three. Three. Can you believe it? We've been doing this for a while. It's like the return of the Jedi of Movies We're Thankful (laughs) For Week. Or or maybe the return of the king. I don't know. Is this our first official trilogy as a podcast? Okay, let's try it again. It's Movies We're Thankful For 3D. <laughs> no, <laughs> that is funny. That's going to be my pick too, Jaws 3D. So, um, anyway, welcome back, Mr. Monday, Steve Melching. Hi there, happy to be here. Terrific Very thankful Tuesday, to be here. Darren Doctorman. I'm delighted, and I'm uh, I'm uh, half red, half white. And wonderful Wednesday, Ashley Edward Miller. Hello. Well, and as you know, here on the 430 Movie, we curate a fantasy theme week uh, of uh, classic movies, um, and uh, each of us takes a, a day. I'm Mark Altman. I, I handle Thursday occasionally. And uh, <laughs> Each of us um, hides a secret pain. Indeed. And uh, so, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, this is a nice little tradition we started for Thanksgiving, We've done the movies we're thankful for, which is a movie that either um, we just love, it reaffirmed our, our, our passion for cinema, or it came at the right time in our lives where uh, it made us happy to just be happy, you know? <laughs> maybe we're going through a tough time and these movies cheered us up, or maybe just it pre- makes us appreciate what we have. And this year it's so important, obviously, in the year 2020, when we're going through this dreadful pandemic, it's only going to get worse in the coming weeks. And uh, thankfully... Um, we still have our movies, even if we can't see them in theaters, which we talked about last week in a wonderfully received special report, particularly Steve's tragic tale of going to see the Empire Strikes Back and we squared <laughs> off against a dead deer. It's like the white, the white walkers, the white walkers chased him into, uh, 
<laughs> and, and if you want to go into my Twitter feed, I posted a few photographs of the area that gives you a little bit of a visual aid uh, to, to have in mind when you're listening could, to the story. Could you see that on Hoff if all of a sudden the White Walker <laughs> showed up? It'd be pretty cool. It, it's kind of like when the Wampa, that the, this deleted scene of the Wampas getting loose, where they let the Wampa. I, I, I wish that scene had worked. When they let the Wampas out and they kill all the stormtroopers, that would have been cool. I just love that tr that moment in the trailer where the narrator is talking about, you know, rebels are fighting against the forces of oppression, and it cuts to C-3PO ripping that sign off the door. <laughs> yeah, warning. Yeah. I, how, how would you have bet that shows up at some point in The Mandalorian? Someone will do that, because it seems like uh, they're doing all the deep cuts on Mando. Um, they definitely are. Speaking of which, did anybody watch the Star Wars Holiday Special? And I'm not talking about the one from 78. I'm talking about the new Lego Star Wars Holiday Special on Disney+. Plus. No, but that is on my list. I've heard it's delightful, but I haven't watched it yet. It's delightful. There's not a <laughs> clunky thing about it. It's it's super fun. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was super fun. I watched it with the kids, Naomi, and we, lo we loved it. So um, it's just, I watched it's, you know, the original. Oh, did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I did. Did you? How was that? It was, it was exactly what I expected. Because I, I don't, I don't look at it uh, as a thing that is good. I don't no. look at it as a thing that is flawed. I look at it as a time marker of who I was at the time. Hmm. And it's interesting to watch it in that vein. Mm. It's it's very much a product of its time. Absolutely, I mean, just you know, it's it's not a Star Wars special. It's it's a variety show. Yeah, yeah. very much so. Yeah. A silly '70s variety show. Yep. And how couldn't it be with B. Arthur cool. and Starship Jefferson Starship and Harvey Corman, <laughs> so Harvey Corman, and it's uh, it's crazy. I did anyone see that show? Apparently there was that show they did in Hollywood about the the making of the um, Star Wars Holiday Special. No, oh, the, I didn't the see it. I, I wanted version? to see it. Yeah, no. they did a play, and it was all about like the making of the Star Wars Holiday Special. And I don't know if it was any good uh, or anything, but I, I kind of wanted to see it, and then it was gone before I had a chance to go see it. Wow. Well, there's um, that documentary is coming out uh, soon, I think, yeah. about the the actual making of the special. Oh, is is it? Yeah. There's also a chapter in a new book of Ed Gross and mine about the mm -hmm. holiday special. Did you really? guys write a book? We we did. We did. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't no. think I don't I don't know about this one. Yeah, the, the saga. Can you continues. announce it yet or no? Yeah, I guess the publisher announced it without telling us. So oh. yeah, we did with Star Wars book, but I, I Let's um, make some news. But but uh, I you know honestly I I was sort of surprised because somebody was asking me about it and I'm like oh I don't think that's been announced yet and they said oh no it's on Amazon I'm like oh okay well I guess it has been <laughs> so anyway but what's uh, the title oh it's, it's not telling uh, it, us no no I can tell you I can tell you it's funny because we had a bunch of titles that we really liked that the publisher didn't want to go for and then um, they kept asking us to come with a new title I think my son came up with the title. Which they, they they then loved, and then he asked, "How much money do I get?" Nice. So, um, secrets of the force. Secrets okay, of the no, force. that's nice. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, we had a we had a couple of titles I really liked, but then you know, I guess they focused tested them or whatever. It's just too too esoteric, too too clever by half. So, the book of the I went the expert. I'm just trying. <laughs> yeah, the book of the wills, which would have been wrong. <laughs> exactly. Book exactly. of the wants. The journal of the wants. 
Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I'd rather know. kiss so, a Wookiee. The new book. <laughs> you know, I was going to ask you guys, because, you know, last week we talked about, you know, the death of movies, and I thought that was a really good episode. But, um, you know, obviously we're not going to movie theaters, but we are going to drive-ins. What movie would you love to see at a drive-in? Oh. You know, you had your choice. I, I don't care what's playing because I don't go to a drive-in to see a movie, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, think we, I think we take your meeting. Listen to I gotta Darren. go with Commando. Nice. Commando, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would going, sound good through an FM Canada. radio. That would, yeah, you know, even in an FM radio, the sound mix on Commando wouldn't miss a beat. That's exactly right. That's interesting. Commando, what an interesting choice. Yeah, okay. Because you know, I can just play along, like, as it goes. I can, like, say all the lines. I can be in my car. I can be, like, just a massive audience participation a-hole. And the only person who will yell at me is my wife. And I'm used to it. Yeah. So, Steve, I'll ask you last. Okay. Um, <laughs> Darren, what... Uh, well, what about you? You 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 just you 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 just gonna go there for? You just okay? So Steve, I, I think what what would be fun though is a movie that a drive-in movie is in, like okay. maybe Targets, Pee-wee's Targets, Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, or uh, there's another one. Uh, what? I said Targets would be perfect. No, we we all very amused by our answer of Targets. Yeah, <laughs> because well, of course it's about a sniper at a. Yeah. <laughs> or would you want like a car-related movie, like uh, you know, Baby Driver or uh, yeah. American Graffiti, uh, Drive or Caligula? You know what would be good? Yeah, right. Twenty-four hour Le Mans. Twenty-four hours of Le Mans. Right. It's not a car movie, but Once Upon a Time. Days of Thunder. Days there you go. Yeah. Days of Thunder. That's that's clever. That's clever. I can see that. Although, who wants to see Days of Thunder? Well, that's, <laughs> that's the real I trick, can. isn't it? I come yeah. back to yeah. my first statement. I don't care what the movie is. Ah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. You only yes. care who the passenger is. That's right. Oh. Nicholson. <laughs> uh, see, if, if I'm going to go out to a, a drive-in, the, the only movie that's going to get me there is something like uh, Vittorio De Sica's The Bicycle Thieves, because I really need some Italian neorealist post-war <laughs> cinema. <laughs> Subtitled in black and white. Yeah, so wouldn't that be amazing? And the best part is, you should do the pullback to show Steve at the drive-in, and he's the only car in the lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you could have just watched it at home, man. <laughs> can't bring a bike really, to a drive. That's really funny. But the only thing is, <laughs> Steve's on a bicycle. Right. Yeah. Not even a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, oh, so yeah. not the Muppet movie. Oh, one. Sure, I'd watch the Muppet movie. Oh, hell yeah. I think we'd watch any movie as the Muppet movie. That's right. We've established <laughs> that. I'd, I'd, I'd go see The French Connection at a, at a drive-thru. Yeah. But um, I'd go see Muppet, a lot of things. Muppet Bicycle Thieves with uh, Kermit and... Uh, oh, my God. And, uh, what's his name? Robin. Robin. See, that's the week we should have, like, worst possible Muppet movies. Uh, for Wednesday, <laughs> I pick Muppet Breaking the Waves. <laughs> <laughs> Puppetville. <laughs> Sequel to Dogville. <laughs> That's you know what, not a terrible idea. Movie. Week. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It's the only thing that could get me to see a Lars Van Trier's movie oh. again. <laughs> oh, sacrilege. Oh, I hate Van Trier. 
I, I Everyone's was, talking? Midnight Cowboy. The Muppet Schindler's List. Oh my god. No, that's a bridge <laughs> too far. Well, the Muppet Bridge too far, it'd be good too. <laughs> bridge my- over the River Kwai. Could you just see it? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> Pull up the bridge. <laughs> well, I guess I guess I was wrong. I guess this is turning into movies we're thankful for. Escape from the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Planet of the Muppets. That'd be interesting. Uh, it would be. You blew, blew it up. up. <laughs> <laughs> what would you have, have the humans be Muppets, or would you have the apes be Muppets? Oh, that's an interesting question. See, this is a serious question. We got to think about uh, this. I think you. I think I, I think have it would to have be... humans land on the planet of Muppets. Oh my God, yeah. that would be amazing. Okay, we got to have Steve uh, Steve Steve Aspel from Fox on the show and pitching this <laughs> because he could make that happen. It's a he Fox and Disney franchise, that's and right. we got to tell Steve we got the ultimate Muppet movie. It's Planet of the Muppets. And uh, these astronauts, you know, yeah. uh, like land on a planet. You know, Elon <laughs> Musk's Elon Musk's capsule, uh, you know, malfunctions. Wow. And well, and the funny thing is, you know, Elon Musk now actually they have the really cool spacesuits, right? Yeah. So they would look good for forty minutes walking around the Forbidden Zone in those spacesuits. Yeah. You know, Elon, it, Elon Musk actually sounds like a Muppet character. There you go. He is. He is like the professor, Professor Honeydew. He's like Bunsen Honeydew. <laughs> but uh, oh my God, it would just be amazing. And it, uh, t- 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 I w- now, who would be in the Charlton Heston role? Like, who would you see like in a Muppet movie? Like, who would be the astronauts? Steve Martin. Steve Martin. <laughs> Steve Martin. Okay, hmm. I could rock. see that. And the Rock. The rock. Steve Martin yeah. and the Rock. And then who? Who? Because I don't think now you could have um, have. Uh, um, what was her name? Uh, three, three Adams, no Eve. Who, who was uh, Stuart? You oh, couldn't have Stuart. Stuart die in the cryo chamber. You no. got to have the, the a woman with them. So she probably should be the captain of the expedition. Right. So, so who would that be? Oh, Charlize Theron. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. So it's the Rock. It's. Do we say Steve Martin? Yes. Yes. The Rock, Steve Martin, and Charlize Theron. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And they crash land on a planet. We don't know what planet it is. Oh. And. Oh, uh, and just play it totally straight yeah. until we find out it's a planet of... <laughs> it's the, the electric mayhem. <laughs> the ele- they come up with a VW bug. They almost get run over by the by the van. <laughs> oh you man, you man. <laughs> they're, they're harvesting humans for their arms. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Oh. That's oh dark. Oh my God! And and then would Doctor Zayas be like Sam the Eagle? Um, Who would Doctor Zayas be? I think Doctor Zayas would be Gonzo. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, who would be Cornelius then, Kermit? Probably. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then and then and then uh, Zira would be Miss Piggy, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Now we're talking. Yeah. This is good stuff. And Fozzie, the big question. Fozzie would be all the gorillas. 
And then you could be like, humans used to eat, <laughs> humans used to eat fried frog legs, and that's why we turned on our masters. <laughs> or, or, or the gorillas all like, uh, what's it? Oh my God, uh, uh, Sweetums. Sweetums is all is all the gorillas. Yeah. Birdie, birdie, more. But here's the question: birdie, the Statue, birdie, birdie, birdie. <laughs> the Statue of Liberty at the end. Spoiler alert: Does it have like a Gonzo nose? <laughs> you blew it up. Only in Tim Burton's version. Oh, I, uh, I think it has a it has a Kermit on the arm. Oh yeah, there you go. It's a Jim Henson statue. Oh yeah! Wow, that's really. <laughs> I want to see this. This would be I awesome. Want to see this movie. I want to see this, and then I just want, to, and then I want to see uh, beneath the Planet of the Muppets, where <laughs> they and, who, who, and then you get oh, like sorry. you it's know the Fraggles, right? The Fraggles aren't right. they beneath? The Fraggles, <laughs> yeah. Because, wow. but I want to know who the, what second-rate actor they get to play Brent. You know, <laughs> after you have The Rock and Steve Martin, Charlie Throne in the original, it's like who's going to be? Van Damme. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Like who's the TV version of The Rock? Yeah. Right. Uh, exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, the Rock. <laughs> Steven Dorf <laughs> is Brent. <laughs> oh my! Oh, or you know, gosh. it could be. Uh, you're you're not gonna like this, Steve. It, it could be Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a Muppet too already. <laughs> hey, uh, Timothy Elephant. We have him in the back. He's eating. <laughs> and then, oh my God! But this just keeps on giving. Because then you do escape from the planet of the Muppets, and you have them come back to the 21st century, and it's mm -hmm. Kermit and Miss Piggy, and and then who's uh, who, who's uh, the third one was what's his name Salminio? Who's yeah. the Salminio character? What Muppet? Fozzie? Maybe it's Gonzo. It's Gonzo. Yeah, Gonzo. Got to be Gonzo, or is it Fozzie? Yeah. Then he's he's throttled by a, another puppet in a, by in, another a in a zoo. <laughs> Primitive puppet that doesn't have the power of speech. <laughs> by it's a Sesame Street character. It just snuffle up against kills him. <laughs> and like him at the elephant. That long trunk. He goes to the... <laughs> oh, Mr. Deppelovigus. Hey. So we got a whole trilogy here. We do. We a trilogy of programming a whole here. week. Yeah, we do. We do. Oh my god, this is it's why we should not record these so late at night. <laughs> well, that's why so movies we're thankful for, guys. Yes. These are movies oh, that we love, that we appreciate. It doesn't mean they're the greatest movies of all time. You know, they could be a guilty pleasure, they could be a classic. We don't know. But they're movies that for whatever reason we love to watch. They make us happy. They make us appreciative of everything that we have, especially during these these terrible times. And I'm sure you guys have more than once uh, you know, put on a movie to cheer yourselves up in the midst of all this craziness. Yeah. Oh, sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So let's go let's go to Monday. Let's go to Steve Melching with his pick for a movie he's thankful for for Monday. Okay, well first, right off the bat, I want I'm thankful for this show and some of the other picks that you guys have had because I've watched two of your recent picks. Uh, in the last week, I watched uh, 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 Lone Wolf and Cub, Sword of Vengeance, based mm. on Ashley's recommendation, and it was awesome. And then I watched Gunga Din from Adventure Week. I think that was Mark's pick for Adventure Week. Did you week. like it? Yeah, I'd never seen it. I, I'm watching it. I'm like, holy shit. Oh, that's Lone Pine. <laughs> They're filming this at Lone Pine. <laughs> I knew that from all those Bud Boddicker westerns. That's great. And uh, I, yeah, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed I it. 
I, you know, I, I'm really upset because I, like you, you know, really respect you guys when it comes to movies. So when he said, uh, you know, Ashley had that pick, I went and watched uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid. But I, 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 I didn't understand why Chuck Norris was coming out of the ground in a pickup truck. I, 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 it just, and I was wondering, where's the baby? I was very confused by the whole thing until I realized I went back and listened. It was, oh, Lone Wolf and Cub. I thought you said Lone Wolf McQuaid. I would love to see Lone Wolf McQuaid sort of vengeance. <laughs> you, you and me both. Oh my gosh. Okay, so, so, uh, so, so yes, Monday, Monday. My, Monday, my pick for Monday is a movie that um, I was a fan of before I ever saw it. Uh, this is a movie that um, I was introduced to by uh, one of my childhood best friends, Chris, who actually one of the guys I went on that seven mile walk to see Empire Strikes Back with. He introduced it to me via a book and this book, we just read it in his house and it was hilarious. And we had, and it was full of drawings and, and stills from the movie. And we had memorized entire scenes of dialogue and would quote them back and forth at each other, having never seen the movie. And it was actually a couple of years before I finally did see the movie. And it was, and it was odd because I knew it back and forth before I ever saw it. And uh, I'm talking about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Ah. Knights, I bid you welcome to your new home. Let us ride to Camelot. We're knights of the round table. We dance where we're able. We do routines, record a scene to footwork in bed cable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spam a lot. They published uh, a book, uh, this book, yes. that I'm holding up, uh, that I bought my own copy of uh, at, uh, you know, a couple years later, and uh, finally saw the movie for the first time on PBS uh, and, uh, and loved it. And this movie became uh, my entree into British comedy. And I just, something about that dry, absurd, irreverent, silly humor just really clicked at me. It was the right movie at the right time. It was a little bit dirty. It was a little bit gory. It was goofy. I was getting into Dungeons and Dragons at the time. So it had that medieval angle to it with swords and knights and stuff. And I just thought it was hilarious. And um, 
uh, my family moved to Colorado and our the Denver uh, PBS station had started running all this British television at that time. They started running Monty Python's Flying Circus. So I started watching that every week and Doctor Who and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And that just, it became such a part of sort of my, my personality or my, my sense of humor. It just appealed to me on a, on a really deep level and um, was really sort of formative uh, in, in, in my sense of humor and my, the way I like to write comedy. And it's funny, I, I realized when I picked this movie that it is the third Terry Gilliam movie in a row that I picked on the show. <laughs> I was just gonna say, it, two weeks ago it was Time Bandits, then last week it was Brazil, and yeah. now it's Monty Python. It's like, are they paying you? Are you working on commission? I know. And even better, the, on the day that we're recording this podcast, it is Terry Gilliam's 80th birthday. Right. And it's like a, a pure confluence of events. But, I was um, going to make a joke, and he's still trying to make Don Quixote, but he actually made it. So, <laughs> To be fair, it was co-directed by Terry yes. Gilliam and Terry Jones. Yes, to be fair, Terry, Terry Jones was the co-director, the two Terrys. Uh, it was written by all six Pythons, and, and of course, all of them were in it. And, uh, you know, it was this kind of low budget. I'm, everyone who's listening to this, I'm sure, has seen the movie. So, you know. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't seen it. Really? Are you serious? Really? Yeah, I'm totally serious. Huh, I've seen very little Monty Python. I, I, I've seen Fish Called Wanda, which is not Monty Python, which I love. But I have not. I've, I've virtually seen no Monty Python. That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, see, they, they when I saw this movie, I think I, I read the book in like 1980, and it was a couple years later when I finally saw the movie and the TV shows and stuff. And at the time, Monty Python hadn't really gone mainstream yet. It was still in the, in the United States anyway, a, a kind of a cult thing. It was underground to a certain extent, um, and so like, I, I one of my other good friends, uh, Dave McDermott, who I met in Colorado. Uh, was also a fan of this of this stuff so it, it establishes an instant rapport with someone who's like oh this person gets it like they know that it's a secret handshake like they can quote the dialogue back and forth to you um and it's it's a movie and 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 a series of movies actually of you know, several python movies that are always a great source of uh comfort and humor for me and and i i couldn't be more thankful that uh that they exist in my very, defense, I did see Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, however. I'd be very interested at hearing your reaction to seeing this movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, Who, me? Yes. Yeah, more and more I'm convinced we need to do the movies we haven't seen yet week. Yes, the, the New Year's resolution, we talked about doing yes. a New Year's resolution week where we each resolve to see a film that we haven't seen but is like a, a major sort of cultural uh, thing that somehow slipped past us yeah yeah i have there are a couple of key movies that i would like to see that i haven't seen i remember you know uh remember steve we were at we had that conversation with ron moore at comic-con and mm. uh him and i both were said neither of us have seen but want to see harold and maude it was so funny we oh. were both <laughs> you, you still haven't watched that one either? no oh, i haven't seen great. harold and maude either i i know everyone says so but I, I, you know, I, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it one day. I don't know. I think I'm sure Ron one, Moore will too. I think that one might creep you out a little bit, though, Mark. I think it mm. might make you uncomfortable. Okay, well. But it's great. I mean, I, I mean, I don't have a crush on Ruth Gordon. That's just me. <laughs> but, uh, and, and I love Cat Stevens music, and it's full of Cat Stevens music. Oh, I so. do too. I love Cat Stevens. I mean, who who went to college 
and, and, and at a certain age and wasn't listening to Cat Stevens and Pink Floyd and up uh, oh, and the oh. Doors. Obviously, Darren wasn't. But Darren you know. was too cool for Cat. <laughs> I was way cool for Cat. I, I too cool you know, for cats. <laughs> Cat Stevens has just kind of started touring again, like right before the pandemic. And I, he played one or two nights in LA that I didn't know about until it was tour. I wasn't oh. able to get tickets and I was so bummed, but I figured he's going to go out on a greater tour and then COVID hit and shut everything down. I'm like, I, Oh my God, hang in there, cat. I want to yeah. see you perform. Oh man, Steve, the first cut really is the deepest. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's rough. I, yeah, if you go, let me know. I, I would love to see Cat Stevens. <laughs> well, that's that's cool. That's a great pick, obviously. Everybody thinks it's a great pick. And it, it makes you happy. So everyone obviously, seen it. Thanks. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has seen it. Look, everyone I know loves Monty Python. I just am not... Uh, one day, one day, I'll. You're I'm back. Not... It's okay. See, when you when you when you kick the show off talking about this being the third uh, the third uh, entry in the movies to be thankful, I was biting my tongue because I really wanted to say three shall be the number of the counting, and the number of the counting shall be three. <laughs> Two, thou shalt not count unless thou proceed to three. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I, I, the reaction from Mark that you're getting right now. Well, I, I could I could guess what you're talking about. Sure. You're talking about the movie, but I, I wanted to pick this. There's no basis for a system of government. I wanted it's such to pick a quotable this, I, movie. I haven't watched it yet, so I can't I can't pick this yet. How do you have that already? And by the way, how did you have the Irishman last time? Those aren't out yet. Magic. The Irishman is. Magic. I'm a sorcerer. That one. I just I, ordered the Irishman, and it's not shipping until this week. Yeah. Is so, it really so anyway. I uh, I have this uh, Godfather Coda, which I meant to watch because I thought, oh, maybe this would be number three, right? For the, the th movies we're thankful for three. But I haven't watched it yet, so I can't in good conscience pick it later. Well, if you would pick the Godfather in the first one and Godfather Part Two in the second one, then you could. Pick That's part funny. Three I did. I picked one. Godfather last time, so I could pick <laughs> theoretically pick Godfather Two, but I'm not going to. But uh, but yeah, okay. Well, cool. Well, speaking of picking, it's now Darren Dockerman's turn to pick. Tuesday selection. Tuesday. Well, Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday is the second day of the week. So, <laughs> it's just luck that uh, the movie I'm picking is a second film uh, in a series of films. Um, it is... Uh, this is me holding Yeah, thank you. Mine went off too. That's the best. Okay. <laughs> So it's um, it is a movie. That oh my God! Was it Grand Central Station here? Is anyone not getting a text or a phone call? It was, it was both of our AI assistants responded when he said the word that makes her go hmm. Yes. Now, which word is that? It is a weird, it's weird the, word. It's, it's the, a killing no, word. It's the number in a. Paul Modib. Ends with S. Yes. Oh, anyway, okay. Um. So we're so not. Hey not Google. Alexa. Hey Google. Turn off lights. Right. Oh, it didn't happen. I'm not a Google household. Okay. Um, so the thing is that this movie uh, is important to me in a couple ways. For, uh, first of all, I really enjoyed it when it came out, and it was a big surprise, and I didn't expect to enjoy it um, because I had loved the first one so very, very much. And this was something completely different than the first one. Second, it put into uh, 
into play a uh, a new director into into the big leagues. Uh, his first film was very popular, but this one really rocketed him into the A-list. And it was because of that that he did his next film, and I worked on it oh, and really. started my career. So this movie is, this time it's plural, Aliens. Ah, yes. From 1986. I've seen that one. Yes, good. Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. That's the plan. All right, people, on the ready line. Are you me? Yeah! Are you me? Nothing back here. Look, I'm telling you, there's something moving and it ain't us. Get them out of there! They cut the power. How could they cut the power, man? They're animals. There's movement all over the place. Five meters, man. Four. Aliens. This time. It's war. That almost was my pick. Almost. <laughs> that was on my list. Yeah. Um, it is so surprising uh, when you watch it because it opens up and you feel like you're in the same universe. But the way that it, that it uh, expands on the first one and takes you into a completely different genre of film is amazing. And... Cameron was extremely good at stretching the uh, the budget that he had on this because he knew how to uh, get just what he wanted for relatively little money. And uh, his uh, his ability to create tension and and twist your expectations uh, as he lays out this story is unmatched. And the fact that he could go head-to-head up against what is arguably a masterpiece of cinema, which is Alien, and stand right up there next to it and say, okay, well, we're going this way now, is truly magnificent. And uh, his writing, the characters in it are so uh, uh, individual and so well-written uh, and well-cast uh, that it's uh, it's really a one surprise after another. And I remember seeing the first uh, trailer, the teaser trailer in Westwood uh, back when I was in college and thinking, oh my God, well, this is something, this is something that we haven't seen, but must be something we haven't seen yet. Um, <laughs> you definitely hadn't seen it yet. Truly, you were truly amazing. And truly takes takes the idea of Alien and 
you know, throws it into a whole new land of action and suspense. And uh, it's a great, great movie. You know, there's something else that that movie does that the first movie doesn't. Um, and it's not just kind of the, the genre switch, right? It's, it is that the, the character's emotional relationship with their story is foregrounded. It's, it's front and center in a way other than just, um, and look, Alien is a terrific A-plus classic, one of the great movies of all time. Um, but it's, it's not really as interested in the interior lives of, uh, of its characters as right. Aliens is. Nor and what's really, because it's killing them off. Yeah, it is exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's basically, it's a, it's a serial killer movie. It's, and it's, but it's a great one. Yeah. Um, but here's what else that I, I find interesting that, you know, Ripley, as I understand the lore, was originally just written as a man, and yeah. Sigourney Weaver was cast. So Ripley's, you know, gender, her sexual identity was like was not in any way a part of that character. When you get to aliens, in the her identity as a mother is front and center. It's it's the most important thing in the movie, right? It informs everything that happens. It's what creates the stakes. It's what creates the tension at the very end. It's what makes you give a shit. Like, you know, get away from her, you bitch. Like, that isn't somebody fighting for survival. You know, that's that's a mother fighting for her child. And and none of that was was present in the first one. And that's not a criticism of the first one. Right. That's just me sitting back and admiring what Cameron did, like what he brought to that film um, that that transformed the franchise in, in another way, in a way I, that I think is even, um, it's even more unexpected than just, hey, it's a war movie now that happens to be scary as shit and really exciting. One of the things that, that uh, happened during the, uh, the director's cut of Aliens is that a lot of extra stuff was added and included in that was a scene where it really just in my opinion too much puts the nail on that head of ripley as a mother because they talk about her daughter you know basically outliving her mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they kept the second viewer off right <laughs> they did but that seems to be, you know, reinforcing this stuff that was already fine in the film. And it sort of, you know, takes that and sort of twists it a little more just to just make sure, you know, okay, she's a mother and she was a mother and she continues to be a mother. And, oh, guess what? She comes up against the big enemy at the end who is a mother as well. Um, yeah, I totally the, agree. The, the I, seeds of that were in the first film with Jones the cat, where she did go back yeah. in uh, in order to save her her beloved cat, and and I believe there was also the implication of a romance between Ripley and, and Dallas. No, <laughs> Ripley and, and <laughs> Dallas. That that might have only been in the in the novelization. Well, it was it was in an early version of the script, yeah. and it was actually the um, uh, the scene that they used for uh, auditioning. By the way, I, I have to say, so I, I just had a little chuckle when Steve started talking about Jones, the cat, like, hey, wait a minute, that relationship <laughs> with the cat is, <laughs> is such a cat person. He just say, now, hey, now, I mean, kids, okay, sure, but let's not forget about the cat. I mean, I'm not leaving the cat. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not leaving the cat. Not leaving. No, I didn't care when Veronica Cartwright got killed, but if Jones had gotten killed, I'm done. I would never yeah, watch that movie. You know what? Movie. Totally true. Like, if something bad happens to the pet, I'm out, which is why, like, I couldn't watch Pet Cemetery. No, I couldn't either. I have no interest. But yeah. um, 
You know, I have to say, I totally agree with uh, uh, with Darren about uh, this. You know, the the uh, director's edition or the expanded edition is an interesting curiosity, and I'm happy to see those scenes. But it's, it's not, not a better movie in the way that The Abyss is a better movie right. with the extra footage. Um, you know, it's better, tighter, and it's the same with Alien. You know, the the expanded version of Alien, right. where you actually you know see the um, you know uh, Dallas. Uh, um, tied up and being turned into a you know okay. uh, an egg <laughs> uh is is uh, you know uh, really superfluous and unnecessary and not as good i mean that's why a lot of times these director's cuts aren't necessarily you know any better and i i just rewatched aliens recently you know to see if it held up as well as i thought it did and it does yeah, i mean absolutely. you know we talk about the great movie sequels you know like um uh, you know, Godfather Two, and 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 um, you know, some Strikes of the Back. Empire Strikes Back, and and uh, uh, the Thin Man Returns, and you know things like that. And uh, but uh, but you know, Aliens really belongs in that sort of rarefied air uh, um, because you know, Alien is such an amazing uh, visual tour de force, and I mean, it's such an impressive movie. And as you know, it's been said, it's a haunted house movie. And for then him to then you know Cameron then come and reinvent it and do a man on a mission movie, it, it's the textbook how to do sequels because yeah. all through the eighties, everything was Beverly Hills Cop Two was just Beverly Hills Cop One without the laughs, right? You know, they were all like that. Another 48 hours, same thing. They were all bigger, but they were basically the same story, you know, and they were all awful, right? But Aliens is great because it's a different movie. It expands the mythology. And it, and that's why even in retrospect, Alien 3, while not a great movie, is is, is somewhat audacious and, and looks better over time because yeah. at least they're trying to do something different. Yeah, it's like if you separate yourself from the the emotions that are so important that we carry over from Aliens, like into watching Alien Three, it suddenly becomes a super interesting movie. It just kind of on its on its own, but you just you you have to blinder out, you know, our relationship with Hicks and Newt. Right. I, I would argue that it, Aliens is is a great template for a sequel in that. In in a lot of the broad strokes, it's the same movie as Alien. It really is the beats are the same right. in, in broad strokes, but Cameron was so brilliant in sort of transforming it and upping the uh, upping the stakes for everything. You know, it's not a cat, it's it's a girl, it's not a small crew of people, it's a whole crew of, you know, space marines. And you know, it's not just one alien, it's a whole bunch of them. And whole box but it's hyper-adrenalized because yeah. one of the great action sequences, certainly the 80s, maybe of all time, is the APC uh, yeah. going in to rescue the um the, the the marines who are being wiped out uh by the aliens but even before that when she's just following the dots closing in on them mm -hmm. and they don't realize that they're surrounded by aliens closing in on them and then you know the the leader of the mission is paralyzed in fear and she takes over i mean it's one of the great you know 15 minutes of sort of hyper adrenalized action cinema you know certainly of that era but probably of all time right right alongside you know the great moments from Die Hard and you know some of the other movie classics. I feel like there's a, there are a lot of people out there that are strangely dismissive of James Cameron as a writer, and he I, I couldn't disagree more. He is a terrific writer, and Aliens, the script for Aliens is like you know I hate to uh, to use a well-worn metaphor, it's a Swiss watch. Yeah. I mean everything works together perfect and clicks together perfectly in that movie. Certainly, his Alien script is great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I would agree across the board on everything that he's written, but definitely Aliens is 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 a masterpiece of writing.
I don't think he's written anything bad. I, I think at worst you could say it's maybe a little mediocre, but um, well, I, you I can think certainly he's... never fault his structure. Yes, structure yeah, is perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge True Lies fan, but that's, you know, that's me. And, right. and uh, well, that was so, too- anyway. Okay, so that's great that's pick. a really interesting, uh, great pick, Aliens. Great pick. Uh, definitely thankful for that. Much more than Alien Four. Uh, which I also <laughs> rewatched recently and does not hold up in any way, fashion, or form. It's, uh, it's proto-Firefly, but that's like maybe a whole other conversation. But like, but it's, it is proto-Firefly. Yeah, it's Jaws going, hey, um, maybe I'll use that and that and that. If we ever do Inglorious Firefly spurts, then perhaps <laughs> that would be uh, an interesting well, episode. Horrible. It does sound horrible, doesn't it? It does. It sounds like, it sounds like Darren at the drive-in. So, uh... <laughs> that is also a terrible podcast. <laughs> okay. So, so anyway, that brings us, of course, to Ashley Miller and Wednesday, which is always a delight. So, Ashley, what's your pick for Wednesday? Quite obviously, a League of Extraordinary Wednesday. Gentlemen. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, first, we can't talk you out of it. A, I, I, I wanna... a League of Their Own Extraordinary yes. Gentlemen. Yes, exactly. It's going to start doing mashup week. Um, uh, first, I would like to say about Thanksgiving. And the whole, like, what are we thankful for this year? Which is part of the conversation we sort of skirted. Um, and it's funny because the, the premise of that conversation was, um, well, you know, it's 2020 and it really sucks. And so, you know, in this very awful year, let's maybe talk about other shit. Except that. What I, you know, I, I had a, a conversation with my, my wife and uh, my eldest boy um, about Thanksgiving. They had, they had taken to calling it lamesgiving. Um, because, you know, we can't see anybody and it's just us and we're sitting around and we're stuck with the twins and all this other stuff. And, and I said, guys, maybe not, right? Because Thanksgiving isn't about how you had an awesome year, high five, all right, cool, everybody, break, let's go. Thanksgiving started as a celebration of sheer freaking survival. Exactly. And that's what we've done, right? We've survived. We should all have things that we're thankful for. And if nothing else, we're here, yeah. you know? And, you know, I've got my family and thank God they're all healthy. Um, thank God, you know, we're all sane, I think. Um, you know, well, they are. there are so many things that I am just thankful for this year. But again, it's on the, it's been challenging by definition, it's been challenging. And um, movies, watching movies that I love has been something that has helped me to to cope sometimes with the great stress and anxiety that all this stuff brings along. So I'm just, I'm thankful for movies in general, um, you know, whether they're they're dying or not, you know, contra our, our previous podcast. So, you know, I narrowed Noel my- Noelle survived, Gloria Gaynor. <laughs> Right? Like Gloria Just Gaynor. Like she told Gloria Gaynor and cockroaches when like everything is done. Yeah. Right? No, that actually, Ashley, I, I'm really glad you said that because you're right. We always open these shows with the, the things we're thankful for. We sort of skipped over that uh, to talk about other things, other important issues like Muppet movies. And uh, it's really great that you, you acknowledge that because, of course, it is a year where a lot of people suffer. A lot of people, we have to acknowledge, a lot of people died. Um, and are continuing uh, to be afflicted with this horrible disease. You know, I mean, obviously, I'm very grateful to have 
gone through it and, and come out the other side and not have it have been more serious than it could have been. Um, so it is important to acknowledge that, you know, we are able and movies help. Movies are helping. I mean, you know, I know you guys are watching movies with your families and friends and, and, you know, um, obviously, you know, we're, we're doing the movie, your movies once a week and it's a great little tradition that you can do at home, you know, that doesn't require going anywhere, doing anything. And, you know, movies are more accessible than ever. I mean, we bitched about, you know, streaming and how it's hurting movies and all that. But at the same time, it's making for people who can't afford these large movie collections of physical media or for, um, you know, obviously a time where we can't go to the movies. It's making, you know, a, a plethora of movies available to them, which is a wonderful thing. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, it's been an opportunity to to sit with with Caden and um, and watch movies with him that I don't know we would have stopped and, and watched together. Right. Because it's just been bonding. It's OK. We need something to do. We're going to watch a movie tonight. We're going to make sure that we hang out together and we spend time together. The amount of time I've been able to spend with that kid. I don't know that I wouldn't have taken that time for granted otherwise. So obviously the circumstances suck. Um, but uh, I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful that I've been able to share my love of movies with him and and just kind of watch his, his taste grow and evolve. Um, but Wednesday. So, you know, I, I thought really hard about this. Um, and... I narrowed it down to a, a couple of movies that just make me happy, like singularly happy. Like no matter what, if I put them in uh, or just turn them on, I guess, with the streaming, I, I always love them, um, that I can quote them, you know? And narrowing it down to the one that I am most thankful for uh, is nearly, nearly impossible, um, but, I think that uh, I'm going to have to go with Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. Oh, nice, nice. This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here, and a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. What's going on here? Is this some kind of... Magic. The darkest magic. They call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos. It's where big trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton, me. Jack. Jack. Jack! They told him to go to hell. He make one move. And that's just where he's going. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I had a meeting uh, with a certain very tall Danish director uh, who makes very, very violent movies that are very cool and very stylish. And as we were doing the getting to know you phase, he asked me, what is your favorite movie? I guess he talks like Balky. <laughs> and I said, it's a tie. You know, it's a tie between Casablanca and Big Trouble in Little China. 
that what is this big trouble? I've never seen it. I'm like, you should totally watch it for New Year's resolution. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I love Big Trouble in Little China. For those of you who have not seen it, um, it's a John Carpenter joint. John Carpenter, who gave us Assault on Precinct 13, who gave us The Thing, who gave us Prince of Darkness, um, In the Mouth of Madness. He sort of also gave us The Invisible Man. But um, Memoirs John, of an Invisible Man. Memoirs of an Invisible Man. You're right. Don't Thank you. Don't confuse it with I, the I Lee, Lee Wanell movie or the Universal Monster one, the quote range. That's right. Um, he's Look, he's he's not a guy that, that at first blush, you so uh, escape from New York. You associate with, with comedy. Um, but this is hilarious. And at times it's it legit plays like a horror movie. Um, it's a great kung fu movie. There's so many things that are at work in this film that's basically about uh, a a truck driver who's kind of a egomaniacal, egocentric dumbass played by Kurt Russell. Um, who, you know, gets involved in this whole crazy adventure, like trying to help his pal, like get his like get his wife back, you know, from an ancient, uh, you know, Chinese sorcerer who has taken her to marry her so that, you know, he can, you know, take human flesh and rule the universe from beyond the grave. I mean, as you do. Right. Um, Kurt Russell in this movie is amazing. I grew up wanting to be Kurt Russell. Um, I got I news mean, for you. You basically are. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I basically am. Um, I, I wish I were, but, uh, but uh, Kurt Russell is, he's the best in this movie. He plays it so straight. He plays it so cool. He's basically John Wayne. He's playing a cowboy. Yeah. You know, while this Kung Fu movie is happening around him, he has the best dialogue in the world. The timing, everyone's timing is just perfect. The cast is just perfect. Um, it's, it's just, it's dark, it's weird, it's quotable, it's fun. Uh, it was written by W.D. Richter, who got it, a strange credit we don't give out anymore called Adaptation by W.D. Right. Richter, um, who basically took a script that a couple other dudes wrote that was a Western and adapted it uh, so that, uh, that the main character, Jack Burton, um, is a truck driver and he put it in modern day San Francisco and all these things. Um, but W.D. Richter was Joss Whedon before Joss Whedon was cool. Uh, everything <laughs> That's a great way of describing Buckaroo. him. Yeah, he's I mean, awesome. Buckaroo, he directed Buckaroo Banzai. He wrote Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake. I mean, he's just, he was amazing. A lot of quirky, weird, cool stuff. Just awesome. Yeah, exactly. It's, and, you know, and I, and I think, um, you know, there's a, a quote uh, from that, from that movie that keeps going through my head, you know, when I think about all the stuff that's happened in 2020 and like, and what's it all about and like, and what does it mean? And it's, and um, it's, uh, it's something that Lopan, uh, our ancient Chinese sorcerer uh, says to Jack, he says, you're not put upon this earth to get it, Mr. Burton. Uh, and I think there's real wisdom in that. I think there's, there's useful wisdom in that like sometimes man things happen and we're not put on this earth to get it uh you know we just kind of muddle through it we survive it like you know it's sometimes it's like you know we just try to see things no one else can see and do things no one else can do and uh and just get through it and you know i i don't know i watch that movie it brings a smile to my face every single time it never 
fails. I unreservedly recommend, you know, this movie to anybody who is looking for a pick me up. Or Kim Cattrall fans. Yes. Oh my God. I have a, I have a big old one sheet, right? Like a real no kidding, like one sheet that is hanging in my house. And um, one of my toddlers like walks up and he looks at that poster. Right. And there's that, there's a, on the poster, there's like Kim Cattrall and she's sort of stretched out like this. And she's like, all like looking very sexy. And uh, he's like, daddy, daddy, who's that? I said, that's Gracie Law. She's trouble. She's trouble. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. James Hong is one of those guys like Maggie Smith, who was like 70 years old, 30 years ago. Right. Right. I mean, it's like you always thought James Hong was like this old wizened guy. And like now he's 70. (laughs) It's like but he, he was playing these old guys for like ever. And I mean, there couldn't be, there wasn't a movie where you went to Chinatown or, you know, anything that had to deal with Asian culture where James Hong wasn't in it. And he was always great. He's the Ian McDiarmid of uh, Big Trouble in Little uh, China. And I had the... Uh, off to no end. I, I had the, I had the uh, good pleasure of working with James Hong. Uh, he did, was a, did some voice acting on, uh, on a couple of shows I worked on. And my boss on that show, Dwayne, would throw a Christmas party every year. And uh, I went to the party, uh, or, or I, I missed this party, I think. But uh, James Hong, he told me this, Dwayne told me the story of James Hong coming to his Christmas party. And Dwayne has this little media room off his living room where he has all his DVD collection and his TV. And, and James went up to Dwayne and said, oh, Dwayne, I see you have big trouble in little China on the shelf and Dwayne said yeah I, I do I, I love it it's great he's he says can we put it on <laughs> he said uh okay so Dwayne put the movie on and James Hong just sat in that media room and watched Big Trouble in Little China um, all night you know what I would have sat right there with <laughs> oh, him god <laughs> I know how great is that I'm playing low pan watching watching low pan watching low pan Right. But yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with this pick. I, I adore this movie also. Uh, I name one of my cats after Lopan. That's his middle name is Lopan. It's on his papers. Uh, and uh, I remember seeing this movie opening weekend and not really knowing what to expect, but I was intrigued by the trailer and the one sheet. And uh, it was just so weird, but it had all these elements that I was into. It had, like you said, the martial arts and it's got the, you know, the, the, uh, the monsters and and just all kinds of strange stuff happening and i didn't quite know what to make of it when it was over but i loved it <laughs> right you sort of felt like you know you're not saying you've been everywhere and like you've seen everything but a man's got to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe <laughs> and actually it must have been really exciting for you. you got so close to doing that sequel with the rock uh, a couple years ago I mean, for, for somebody who just lives, breathes, and eats that movie, that must have been really, uh, obviously, exciting. It, it is. It's funny. We um, we commenced on that project the same day that, uh, that the twins were delivered. So yeah. I took a creative call while my wife was getting prepped to uh, drop some monsters on me. <laughs> um, just like, yeah, 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 kick off, kick off, kick off. Anyway, I think I hear screaming. So, gotta go. Um, no, it was it was very exciting to work on, but it's also a lot of pressure, man. It's like it's one of those things where you think, yeah, I can't wait to remake my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, 
crack. It's, <laughs> it's a taller order than you'd think. Um, you know, we definitely like had some moments where I thought, oh God, have we written the wrong movie? But I was also very proud of where we ended up. It's, I mean, it's, it makes me sad that it didn't happen. But unlike, you know, look, my career on some level is essentially a succession of um, a very well-paid works of fan fiction. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I've always kind of found like, like when those things haven't happened, it's, it's disappointing. And even though this one is disappointing, like there is nothing about it that in any way sullies my feelings um, for Big Trouble in Little China. It's like, it was just a, it, I, it was a pleasure just to get the chance. You know what I mean? It's just, oh, I can just live in that little space for a while. I've and I can always, write my Jack Burton fan fiction. I've always thought that the sequel should be called Little Trouble in Big China. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's all this stuff about how, um, how you know, there were connections between Big Trouble in Little China and, um, and Buckaroo Banzai. Sure. And, if there was going to be a Buckaroo Banzai sequel, there was going to be a Jack Burton cameo. There's like, there's all kinds of stuff. Some of it's, you know, apocryphal, but yeah. like, does Jack Burton have a Buckaroo Banzai? The World Banzai Crime League. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> is that Chinese gang part of the World Crime League? <laughs> Absolutely. Right? That would be a hell of a shared universe. It would be. Yeah. I'd like to live in that universe. A good Wednesday. Well, that, that's a great pick. Great pick. So I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be Clint Eastwood and Escape from New York or John Wayne and Big Trouble in Little China. You want Big Trouble in Little China? Fine choice. So fantastic. That brings us to Thursday, which means it's my turn. And, uh, you know, I was inclined. We just watched this weekend. Um, we watched the wonderful Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, which in a way reaffirmed the one good thing about this year is thank God our long national nightmare has come to an end. And uh, I was thinking about that, but I, I love Jimmy Stewart, you know, in so many movies. But, um, I, you know, when I look back at my picks for these, these shows and the, the first one was North by Northwest, the film that sort of inspired me to want to make movies. And then um, the, the, the second was The Godfather, which is a movie that obviously just one of my absolute favorites of all time, if not my favorite of all time, you know, uh, along with Citizen Kane. Um, so I, I figured, you know, I wanted a movie that, that, that influenced me, that made a difference. And, you know, we always talk, obviously, on the show a lot about what a huge influence Star Wars was for us, you know, getting into this business and wanting to, to make movies. But, you know, it's funny. I, 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 there was a movie that came out the same year that ended up being as big an influence on me as Star Wars and not more so. And, of course, that's the film that won the Oscar that, that year, um, Annie Hall. A relationship, I think, is, is like a shark. You know, it has to constantly move forward or it dies. And I think what we got on our hands <clears throat> is a dead shark. Woody Allen. I love what you're wearing. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, well, it's, uh, this is, a uh, this Ty's present from Grammy Hall. Who? Grammy? Grammy Hall? Yeah, my Grammy. What are you kidding? What'd you do, grow up in a Norman Rockwell painting? Diane Keaton. You don't want me to live with you. How, how, I don't want you to live with me. How, whose idea was it? It's mine. Yeah. Was it, it was yours, actually, but, uh, <clears throat> I approved it immediately. Tony Roberts. The one with the VPL. VPL. Invisible panty line. Yeah, she's a 10 max, and that's great for you, because you're, you're used to twos, aren't you? Carol Kane. What, what, what's your name? Allison. 
you're like New York Jewish left-wing liberal intellectual Central Park West Brandeis University with the socialist summer camps and the, the father with the Ben Sean drawings, right? And the really, you know, strike-oriented kind of... Uh, stop me before I make a complete imbecile of myself. No, that was wonderful. I love being reduced to a cultural stereotype. Paul Simon. We're going to meet Jack and Angelica and have a drink there, and if you'd like to come, we'd love to have you. We can just sit and talk, nothing. Uh, not a big deal. It's just relax, just be very mellow. I, I don't respond well to mellow. You know what I mean? I have a tendency to. If I get too mellow, I, I ripen and then rot. Shelley Duval. I was at the Stones concert in Altamont when they killed that guy, remember? Yeah, were you? I was, I was at an Alice Cooper thing where six people were rushed to the hospital with bad vibes. Janet Margolin, Colleen Dewhurst, Christopher Walken in the new Woody Allen film. Are you always funny? Hey, what is this, an interview? We're supposed to be making love. Annie Hall. No, that was the most fun I've ever had without laughing. And um, I, it's funny, I was, I, I was so that this maybe in a way defines my emotional growth in a certain way because of course I remember sitting in front of my parents black and white television in their bedroom I could stay up late on a school night because back then uh, the Oscars were on Sunday nights and it was getting very late it was a long night and Star Wars lost to this movie Annie Hall and I was irate I was I was apoplectic um, and I went to bed very angry that night that anything could beat Star Wars for um, for best picture um i don't think i was that angry until little romance beat jerry goldsmith score for star trek the motion picture in 79 uh and then rob lowe doing snow white but uh but uh you know annie hall was a movie that you know probably i guess in high school i saw for the first time back in the heyday of um you know uh, uh, uh home video vhs um, it's, 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 it was, it was a toss up for me because obviously, uh, Woody Allen movies are a huge influence and, um, Manhattan to me is also, you know, a, a, a masterpiece two years later in 79, he made Manhattan. It's, it's visually certainly a better movie. Um, a beautiful Gordon Willis photography like Annie Hall, but shot in black and white. It's, it's absolutely, you know, a love letter to, to New York. Um, and then, you know, Hannah and her sisters he head on, it deals with, you know, sort of going through a period of ennui and how a movie, in this case, Duck Soup, can sort of pull someone out of that ennui. But I think Annie Hall, to me, because it's this weird dichotomy, I mean, 77 was everything to me. It was like Star Wars. It was also Annie Hall. And it was The Spy Who Loved Me. So <laughs> it was like just every you know the aspect you know as you talk about the id the super ego and the ego with you know kirk spock and mccoy for me it's like star wars annie hall and the spy i love me sort of sums it all up <laughs> um and uh, i am just you know i'm a huge fan of annie hall um it, it, it stood the test of time it's one of the great romantic comedies of all time it inspired one of the great romantic comedies of all time when harry met sally which is you know clearly the 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 bastard stepchild of um of annie hall uh it, it has so many great scenes so many great lines i don't know if there's a scene that's you know more famous in a comedy than of course or or, or certainly for cinephiles that we can relate to more standing in line to go see the sorrow and the pity and um, uh, this guy is just going on and on and espousing all these sort of annoying, pedantic views. And, and Woody Allen, as Alvy Singer, gets into an argument with him. 
and and tells him he doesn't know at all what he's talking about. He says, "No, I teach at NYU." I'm, I'm, and he's, and then he, he says, "You know nothing about Marshall McLuhan." And it brings out Marshall McLuhan, and Marshall McLuhan says, "You know nothing about your entire fallacy is wrong. How you ever got to teach a course in anything is beyond me." And Woody Allen turns to the camera and says, "You know, if only life were like this." <laughs> and and to me that that sort of sums it all up. If only life were like that. Um, and it's just it's a brilliant movie. Um, it, it ends realistically. Um, you know, I love the fact that, I mean, when I moved out to California, I really related to the whole weird weirdness of Christmas, driving down Doheny, and seeing all those beautiful palm trees in the middle of December, um, the weirdness of Christmas, because, you know, coming from the East Coast where, you know, it was snowy and, and uh, uh, you know, completely different vibe. And then, of course, um, uh, you know, I, I had had my moments sitting at the source with, uh, you know, which was where he broke up with Diane Keaton, had interesting conversation at the source. I remember it was in the middle of a conversation uh, with an actress uh, on one of my films and thinking to my, and all of a sudden in the middle, I realized like, oh my God, this is exactly like Woody Allen and Diane Keaton. And I'm sitting here at the exact same restaurant where they filmed it. It was just this weird, surreal moment where I really felt like, wow, I'm really living this. So, um, but uh, it's, um, it's a great movie. Um, it, it, it's great. And obviously in a way that it's, you know, different than Star Wars is great. You know, Star Wars, technically and in so many you know ways was so pioneering but you know for me you know Annie Hall is a great masterpiece and it's 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 a great disservice to um anyone who loves the movies who you know is 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 not embracing the oeuvre of Woody Allen you know to reject these films because uh there is probably no filmmaker who has made more masterpieces in their career given the pace at which he works one film a year um you know, I could name ten other movies that are just as good in his oeuvre as as Annie Hall. Um, oh, almost, and only... almost, almost every one of his films in the eighties. It's 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 incredible. I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, they're filmmakers who have his, you know, made a, a bunch of classics. You know, Billy Wilder. Um, you know, John Ford. I mean, there's so, but nobody was working at this kind of pace and at this kind of level uh, consistently. And even now. You know, um, I almost jokingly picked as movies I'm thankful for Rainy Day in New York, the fact that it just got released <laughs> finally here in the United States. But um, Rainy Day in New York is is, is um, a trifle. It's 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 fun. It's entertaining. It's quirky. It's not a great movie by any means. But, uh, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, he's lost it. But, you know, how is somebody who in the last 10 years has made Match Point, who's made Vicky Cristina Matt, uh, Barcelona, made Blue Jasmine, made... Um, uh, midnight in, in, in Paris lost it you know I I, I you know I, I'll tolerate you know t two or three mediocre movies in a in a decade that that gives you those classics so my pick for a movie that I'm thankful for that has been a huge influence on my life and uh, on my movie going and 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 uh, uh, you know I was lucky enough to interview Woody Allen for my book nobody does it better the complete oral history of the James Bond movies this year which was a true thrill um, and uh, I'm Deeply grateful for the existence of the film, and no matter how much people try, it will never be erased. It is a Best Picture winner for 1977, and uh, whether you believe it was deserving of that honor or not, and I still am on the fence about that, uh, is a movie I absolutely passionately adore. Well, well whereas, oh, sorry, Darren, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, Grammy Hall is very happy with your selection. <laughs> <laughs> and of you course, you did not forget your mantra. 
uh, Christopher Walken uh, is is in it and 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 wonderful and and you see him in Annie Hall and you think how in the world could he have been considered for Han Solo when you see this <laughs> psychotic crazy man? No. <laughs> well, I, all I could say is whereas my pick Monty Python the Holy Grail I was a fan of before I saw it. Andy Hall, I hated before I saw it because of the same reason you you listed. Like, I could not fathom that any movie could defeat Star Wars as best picture. And so I had this huge chip on my shoulder against Woody Allen for years. I just refused to see any of his movies. You know, Siskel and Ebert would every week I watch Siskel and Ebert. And, you know, when a new Woody Allen movie would come out, they would generally lavish praise on it. And, you know, Broadway, Danny Rose, ah, forget about it. Zelig, no interest. You know, Purple Rose of Cairo, out of get out of my face. And then I finally saw their review for uh, Hannah and Her Sisters. And I was a college freshman at this point. And I thought, you know what? Siskel and Ebert liked this movie. I'm going to give it a try. And they played it at the DKA uh, Cinema at uh, on the USC campus. And I absolutely loved it. And uh, immediately went back to the uh, film library and watched every Woody Allen movie in their collection, including Annie Hall, which I finally saw and realized, yes, it is a masterpiece of its kind. It's a it's a terrific movie. And uh, I love it also. Do you like Manhattan or Annie Hall better? Annie Hall, but I, uh, Manhattan is gorgeous. I, I, it's beautiful looking. It's immaculate. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I watched it's, both it's of a, them recently, and I, it's a that's a toss up. That's a tough call. It's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I know. Mark, I have to tell you, I have seen Annie Hall almost as many times as you've seen Monty Python in the Holy Grail. Oh my what? God, you haven't seen Annie Hall? Wow. No, nope. I mean it's one of those things that I have kind of. It's been playing in places I've been, <laughs> but I've never seen. Wow. We're going to have to throw down for this uh, New Year's resolutions week. I think mm-hmm. we have a pick for Ashley. <laughs> yeah. Have you yeah. seen Manhattan? No. Oh. oh, my God. We got some work to do. Although I think Zelig would, I think Zelig would be his favorite, though. Oh, Zelig's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I know Purple Rose of Cairo. I I adore. I just watched that recently too, and it is, it is devastating. Uh, it's so funny and charming, and the ending just is uh, without spoiling it. The ending is is a punch to the gut. I I it's so clever, so funny. I love it, and I, I'm about to watch. Uh, every time this year, I wa- I like to watch Hannah and her sisters, and uh, Radio Days. Uh, his very his nostalgic look at his childhood which i always find a a great comfort film that i like to watch around the holidays it would be very difficult to do woody allen week on the fourth movie given how uh the gaping holes in ashley's uh knowledge of woody allen movies yeah i mean a gaping hole is usually a word that it gets associated with Gaping hole. (laughs) But we got we have to start you on the early funny ones, you know, because I like Love and Death and Bananas and Sleeper and stuff, and then work your work your way up. But um, but okay, yeah, that's that's my pick. And then I assume that for Friday, we'll look to the audience to tell us what their picks are. Yeah, that's only fair. uh, You know, I think that you know for our for our Friday pick. But um, this is always a fun show. The movies we're thankful for always interesting choices always eclectic um and uh i i think we can all be grateful for these movies and we can be grateful to uh all our listeners who continue to indulge our uh us by uh 
listening every and i'll tell you the hiatus has only um you know grown the audience it's, it's really nice to see that the show you know obviously our big big show is in glorious trek experts but uh 430 movies audience continues to grow it's gotten fairly sizable and That's great. um you know, which is which is terrific. So we should go on hiatus more often. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm always amazed by how many people actually listen to us during the off season who catch up, and that's also a tribute to all those people I think who go on Twitter and 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 you know they they say what podcast are you listening to? What's your fa-? and people have been very generous in their praise and say you know oh four thirty movie, and I think that's attracted a lot of new people during the hiatus. Um, so we thank you for that, and we thank you for going on um, iTunes and, and 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 Spotify and all these places and saying you know five stars you know and and recommending the uh the podcast because that is definitely bringing new listeners and you know certainly as we see our audience continue to grow that's a reason to keep doing the show but um you know we we always had a nice sized audience but it's definitely been growing fairly substantially in the last couple of months which is um which is terrific that's great although i think we would do this without an audience because we've done it before and we will yeah, again. it's just called sitting around and talking. Yeah, it was With called structure. It's called Sunday nights at Lola's. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, there's no more Lola's, and there's no more Sunday nights. <laughs> there's no more app. Every day is the same. Day, year after bloody year. <laughs> but um, yeah, but you know, look, I think that obviously uh, the developments in the last couple of weeks regarding. Uh, vaccines is is incredibly encouraging and it won't happen overnight but i think there's a reasonable hope that when we're doing the show next thanksgiving that mm-hmm. uh hopefully you know that we'll be back in the studio doing it and that uh, i'm, I'm that... hoping i'm hoping to be thankful for denis Villeneuve's dune next year yeah. <laughs> i'm hoping to be able to say that no time to die was a good movie and it's actually <laughs> come out I, 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 yeah. Let's start with before I say it's a good movie. Let's let, let me just say I, I'm hopeful that Die Another Day has been released. So, <laughs> and then no we get to hopefully it's a good movie. Die Another Day <laughs> has been released and it was not a good movie. <laughs> so that was I what know. I was thinking of when I had coronavirus. I don't want to die because I really want to see No Time to Die. <laughs> I really need to. I gotta see that movie. It was funny, you know. It's like Ed Gross and I when we were writing. Uh, the, the Bond book. We, we used to joke. It was, it was really depressing to think that uh, one day they'll be releasing James Bond movies and we won't be around to see them. Uh, <laughs> but, is that depressing or is that just kind of like, you know, eh, you know, are they going to go on without me? No. Kinda... <laughs> okay. Someday this war is going to end. <laughs> Star Trek movies is fine. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, but this is great. So our picks for Monday, Steve. Monday is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Tuesday, it's Darren's pick. Aliens. With an S at the end for plural. It means there's more than one. And Ashley on Wednesday. (laughs) On Wednesday, I'm a reasonable guy, but I've seen some very unreasonable things. And, uh, one of them is Big Trouble in Little China. And, of course, on Thursday, Woody Allen's masterpiece, one of many, Annie Hall. And Friday, it's dealer's choice. So Only you, you can say. You make you the call. The winner. You pick the winner. <laughs> so you can go to uh, visit us on Twitter at um, 430 Movie Podcast or on Facebook at 430 Movie. And let us know what movie you pick for Friday, what movie you're thankful for. We want to hear, so please uh, share with us. You'll grow stronger through the sharing. And, Unless it's final. 
And if you want to uh, give some uh, lovely spread thoughtful, some holiday cheer, spread some holiday cheer and give some lovely thoughtful 430 movie swag, visit us at 430movie.com. Dot com. And it, yeah, and, and, and there's some really great 430 movie shirts, mugs. Steve's using one right now. Um, pads, uh, socks, um, all I kinds of I think there stuff. might be some masks up there. I'm not masks? sure. Are there masks? 430 movie masks. Really? I might want to get one of those. Yeah. I'd, I'd like a 430 movie mask. I You know, I got um, these great ones. Um, it's uh, from... Uh, uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane? It's actually from Feud. It's Betty Davis and oh uh, Joan Crawford. It's great. And then I got a Norma Desmond one uh, from Sunset Boulevard. I oh, love them. Oh. They're really good. You know whose They're... mask game is strong? If you ever look at like Larry Karzuski's or Daniel Waters. That's where I got feed. it from. Oh. From Larry's Facebook feed. I was like, yeah. oh my God, they have that? I'm going to order that. And then he, <laughs> I asked him, I said, where can I get this? And then I ordered a couple and it was like, um, I got a great Planet of the Apes one with the Statue of Liberty, but I realized I was a giant spoiler alert, so I, I stopped wearing it. <laughs> I, um, but you know, my kids haven't seen Planet of the Apes yet, so I'm still trying to keep that from what? them. Oh the, my but I, I know, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Well, we just finished Politics Month, because it's like the 430 movie. We do theme months, so we just did Politics this month, and then next month is Holiday Movies. So i got to figure out a way to work Planet of the Apes in. Um, you know, post-apocalypse. I don't know if we're going to do post-apocalypse with the kids. Pandemic movies. Um, what 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 movies are on your holiday playlist? Well, we'll do. Um, we're going to do uh, Alf again. We'll do, probably do Home Alone. Uh, I'm sure we're going to do. Uh, they want to do the Santa Claus because we've never seen it. Naomi and I never saw it, so they're they're they want us to do it because they say it's awful and we got to see it. And uh, we're going to do Die Hard. I think Steve. Sorry. Uh, no, and, no bad uh, Santa. Um, no, no bad Santa. No bad Santa. And then we're going to do Eight Crazy Nights. No, we're not. Um, but yeah, we're still probably, figuring they're probably out. A little, the... They're probably a little young for Shop Around the Corner. You know, maybe. I love Shop Around the Corner. So I might try and slide that one in there. I mean, because for politics, we did all the President's Men. We did Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, The Darkest Hour. And we still have to do next Saturday. So I don't know what that's going to be yet. Um, maybe 13 Days. So, um, you know, the uh, Roger Donaldson um, uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. Not a, not a face there. in the crowd? No, I think that I don't think that's for the kids. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, uh, Lonesome Roads has been sent back to his tower. So, uh, <laughs> if he ever concedes. So, uh, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I got to find, the, find, find the, the movie to end. Uh, maybe Young Mr. Lincoln. Or maybe old Mr. Lincoln. Maybe we'll do the Spielberg Lincoln. I don't know. Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll be. I don't think, with all due uh, respect to Steve, I don't think we'll be doing that. <laughs> not not Steve Melching. To, yeah. to so um, anyway. So uh, anything anything else you guys want to add before we uh, uh, close things up? I hope you have a great uh, Thanksgiving and some great stuffing and some great, <laughs> uh, you know, turkey. And, hey, you know. Cranberry. My, my big Thanksgiving uh, tradition in my house is watching all the Star Wars movies, and uh, that is going to continue this year. I mean, but you know, I'm obviously I'm not watching. There are at least three I won't be watching. Uh, you know what I mean? At you least watch three. all the Clone Wars, though. Forget the prequels. Just watch all the episodes of the Clone Wars because yes, that that's sure. fantastic. 
Clone Wars is amazing. His, Clone Wars is amazing. I mean, I told you my son did did a marathon. He did everything. He did all the movies, but he did all the Clone Wars. He did Rebels. He did even Resistance, which is awful, and uh, and on, on all the sequels. <laughs> That's okay, Steve. We love you. <laughs> no, Steve. Was, but he 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 did it. Not Rebels. Rebels is genius. But um, he he. So, I mean, he did like this long. Took a couple of months, but it was like insane. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what I'm going to watch on Thanksgiving. What are you guys going to watch on Thanksgiving? I think we're watching Hannah and her sisters. Actually, Dana, uh, fine my wife, choice. He requested it. Yeah, May, or oh, maybe also Avalon, the Barry Levinson. Oh, uh, that's great. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking about Avalon actually yesterday because I was thinking about what a great score that um, Randy Newman score is, huh? and how it's never been reissued. Like every score in the world has been reissued as an expanded score, particularly from '80s movies. And, and Avalon is like one of the great scores, along with The Natural, that Randy Newman ever did. I mean, they're really good. And neither of them have been reissued. And I'd love to see both those reissued. I, I love Am Avalon. Um, that's really interesting. Part of uh, Barry Levinson's Baltimore trilogy. That's right. Diner, Tin Men, and Avalon. And then he did uh, Liberty Heights. Sounds like a week. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Ashley? You're going to do Star Wars. And then Darren, any plans for Thanksgiving? You know, no, I can't think that far ahead. You know, it's well, only know a couple it's days difficult. away. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Because obviously you can't travel this year. I'm not doing anything for Thanksgiving. I'm... Well, maybe we'll call you. We should all call Darren. No, that's <laughs> all right. I'm good. You don't want to hear from us. <laughs> I, I, I value our time together here. Okay. Let's get we'll on Zoom. The, that means Darren's going to yeah. be at the drive-in. You yeah. know what that means. <laughs> Okay. All, well, anyway, everything's shut down. If you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, uh, guys. As always, these these shows are a delight. Happy Thanksgiving, and a happy Thanksgiving to our producer Natalie Miscali, and of course our sound engineer, the great um, Bill Ritter, who makes us sound so good, even over Zoom. We're so grateful, and we know you're you're juggling a lot of shows, including your many TV shows over at Electric. So thanks for finding the time. Uh, to continue to do uh, the shows for us on Electric Surge. Of course, Dean Devlin uh, wouldn't be possible without him. And uh, if you enjoy the show, you can also watch us on the Electric Now streaming video channel. So you can see our video podcast on Electric Now. Download that at your favorite app store. It's free, 100% free. And you can watch 430 Movie and Glorious Trexperts, Best Movies Never Made, uh, The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast, and many others, including great shows from the Electric entertainment library so check that out and of course you can watch uh, you can purchase some great 430 movie swag and given how slow the post office is these days you may want to order it soon and that can be purchased at 430movie.com 430movie.com so check that out and uh, we'll be back soon with an all new episode of the 430 movie but until then on behalf of Steve, Ashley, Darren and myself Mark Altman how do we end this show? Keep watching movies. Keep, I, I'll keep watching movies. Uh, the eyewitness that, news is next. Oh, yeah, but I, first we have to say something before that. So uh, the, that's the end of the 430 movie, but eyewitness news starts now. This episode brought to you by Chome, Combite Honate Ober Advancer Mercantiles. The spice must flow. Engineered by Bill Ritter. 
for the Electric Surge Network.